I'm so glad to see that you're feeling better. You had a very close call. But you're gonna be all right. Now, just lie still. I'm gonna give you something. It's gonna make you feel even better. Now, normally here at DMFT and Motel Hell, we try to edit out the sounds of our lips smacking and our tongues cracking. But this time you heard it right. You heard it real. You heard it here first. We're slippy sloppy tonight. And you guys aren't mistaken. This isn't a slot where you would usually get a Motel Hell episode. I mean, it is. It is a slot you would usually get a Motel Hell episode. But that you're not getting. You're not. <laughs> it's not happening. So we, for a multitude of reasons, mostly being that we weren't ready, we're not <laughs> recording the next part of our Shinya Sukamoto series. We will be returning to it with all haste and such as soon as you know. Uh, but it's called an intermission. Read a book. Yeah, read a fucking novel. Uh, but we're not. We're not ready yet. So. You know, when it's ready, it's ready and you'll get it. But until then, pay this, us. Until then, this is the Bearded Dicks Musical Fun Time. Yeah. And I am the beard. I'm the fucking dick. And pay us. Pay us. Pay up, pony. So, we're going to do a hybrid dough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack the disco boxo. But before we do that, we're going to do a movie review instead of a best buy, bad buy, or in comparison. I was really hoping you'd just end everything with an OO. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> for us, but not for the listener. So we watched Slugs. Slugs! Juan Piquet Simone. J.P. Simone. J.P. Simone. Juan so, Piquet Simone. Yeah. Spanish director, famous for pieces. You don't have to go to Texas to have a chainsaw massacre. Yeah. We decided that we definitely need to watch more of this guy's backlog but this movie was a 1998 creature feature 98 or 88 i was gonna say what yeah (laughs) whoa yeah it's um so if you've ever seen pieces and if you're listening to this we sure hope you have because pieces is one of a kind spanish madness and is sort of a deconstruction of the giallo genre and by deconstruction we mean he smashed apart a good film and took all the shitty pieces and then put them back together and it's incredible. Yeah, it is. And it's also, that's like a direct, you know, sort of like reference to the film's like sort of back plot. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty tight. This movie I was expecting to be a total shit show disaster and it was... Coherent? Yeah, it was It was more than coherent. It was just like a normal horror film in many respects. It reminded me a lot of Ticks, which we didn't finish, but we're thoroughly enjoying. But it, it was actually less wild than Ticks. It reminds me a lot of any... I guess, like, normal animal that becomes a monster movie? Sure. I guess there's still creature features, but, like... Yeah, it's it's in, you know, they're slugs. It's in the vein of 
uh, crawl. What was it? What's the movie? James Gunn movie. Slither. Slither. But though, that was like those Alien were like slugs. a like yeah they were like a monster and they transformed like this is just actual black slugs like they're not yeah, well, larger than normal. Well, they're slugs, but it's weird because they they're also transferring schistosomiasis, which is blood flukes, which is I'm gonna pull the CD down that just came out, Concrete Mascara, quick plug, Bill Harzi, a new CD. It's about slug fever, uh, <laughs> and they're they're parasites that live in freshwater snails in um subtropical climates and then get in clean water and then the after the larvae have like they leave the snails they go into the water and then they infect people without clean water and then those people can eventually go blind and have organ failure and all sorts of stuff it's a neglected subtropical disease fucking gross yeah and i did a concept album about it well i recorded it last year and uh it just came out so yeah that um yuck yeah. Is what I have to say about that one right there. Yeah. So I just showed Ben the Beardo the artwork for Bill Harzia, the CD that I just put out as Concrete Mascara, or rather was put out for me by New Approach Records in Portugal, Big Ups. And it's disgusting. The artwork is basically my favorite fetish meets snail fever. Yeah. And I don't say snail fever as like a haha joke. Like that's literally what it's called. It's disgusting. So big ups to Cy Clark who fucking crushed it on the artwork for this one. I hope you listen to this episode because seriously, dude, you fucking nailed it. No wonder you were hard the whole time during slugs. Yeah. So this movie was just like, I mean, I literally got these in the mail last Tuesday. So, uh, I was just in hog heaven and basically it's like, it seems like it took place either. I'm going to guess in Vermont, New Hampshire or Pennsylvania, but it seemed like middle one of Pens- the two, yeah. Pennsylvania. And these slugs just, there's a toxic waste dump next to the town that they're about to build a mall on. And the toxic waste maybe made the slugs bigger. But they don't really get into it. Mostly you just see giant slugs eat people. They didn't even seem giant to me, though. They were much larger than a slug you'd find in your garden here. I mean, we get some pretty big slugs, but... Maybe like a tropical-esque slug from a different country, but... But they had, I mean, they filmed an insane amount of slugs, like real actual slugs. I don't know where they got that many fucking slugs. Yeah, and so, the but the highlight of the film is it actually has a pretty decent buildup, and then the middle section of the movie is pretty fucking nuts, and the last 15 minutes are, like, totally bonkers. But the the slug deaths, there's particularly this one at a restaurant. The makeup is pretty, I mean, he did, like, his effects in pieces was really good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, the effects are. I thought they were really solid. Great. I mean, yeah, they've got worms coming out of eyeballs. Eyeballs generally are falling out of heads. Skins just getting like eaten off. Everything's slimy, but not like full late '80s KY jelly. I was surprised there wasn't as as more jelly than there was. But for the lack of KY jelly, there was a a real high amount of blood. Yeah. Oh my god. Way more than I thought there'd be. Yeah. In it, a movie about slugs. I will say that it's still. It dragged a little bit, but it's like, you know, honestly, God, I wish we still could drink and we weren't raging alcoholics <laughs> because it is the kind of movie that screams for like three to six beers per person. Maybe that's just an alcoholic quantity. But, you know, if you watch is this... Is it wrong that that sounded like too few for me? Yeah, probably. Um, but I mean, if we had like a joint and a couple really solid beers, like this would be this would be a ten out of ten film. Like, like Gold Monkey, maybe a couple shots of vodka. No, a little bit of cocaine. Can't we just chill and watch this and get a little drunk? Don't you fucking judge me. Okay, 
So anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I would give it a seven. Might be a little high. I'll have to rewatch it. But on first watch, I really think like Slugs and Blood Flukes are super cool. That's why I did an album about them. So I might be biased, but I and the makeup and the deaths were really good. Like I kind of almost liked it. I liked it as much as pieces. It's not as so cuckoo's banana that it... Pieces are only a little bit more enjoyable because of how ridiculous yeah. Pieces is. Yeah, right, right, right. But this movie... The thing that got me into the horror genre when I was younger, for the most part... Creatures. Was creature features. Yeah, yeah like critters and gremlins and ticks. Anaconda. And, and, don't even get me started. That movie was pretty awesome. The movie is pretty awesome. Don't when when John Voight fucking winks when he comes out of the anaconda and he's like, fucking J-Lo's like, oh, shit. Jaws and all the horrible sure. sequels after. Which were also awesome. Yes. I mean, they're horrible. They're not good movies in retrospect, but as a kid, they were mighty enjoyable. I mean, Jurassic Park. We wanted yeah. to see animals eat people. Yeah. Because even as a child, you know inherently that people suck and animals rule. I, I think it helped that sci-fi used to play all those... B movie creature features all summer. Yeah. So I just, this movie scratches an itch for me. I wouldn't go uh, six and a half, maybe a seven. Yeah. It's not my six favorite. and a half is probably more real. There, I thought they were going to hit that one plot point that most of them do where a scientist has brought the creature and they're like, look at this thing. And he's like, oh, this is interesting. Leave it here with me. And then he dies and nobody learns anything. It was not the case in this one, which I guess was bold. Yeah, I liked that the scientist lived. I mean, the main character lived, his wife lived, who had a really sexy voice. There's a girl in the very beginning whose tits you don't see, but you can see her nipples through her shirt when she's on this boat, and she's super hot. That was cool. There's also a rapey skeleton. Yeah. And, uh, and a really horny teenage girl who is dating an alcoholic. Yeah. And then another guy who's married to an alcoholic. Yeah, there's a part with simulated sex that's, like, pretty, like, boom, like, hot. Like Yeah, but thoroughly. also it brought back some memories of climbing off of a girl who wasn't it doesn't fully matter. pleasured, being like, I need to refuel the tank, and reaching for a bottle of Jack. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, no. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it's free on Amazon? It's, yeah, it's free on Amazon right now, which you can't really beat. Yeah. Rule of thumb. Yeah. Oh, we almost watched Bordello of Blood. Just just going to throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, it will not... Don't be shocked. I mean, the next two episodes should feature reviews of more Shinya Tsukamoto films. But following that, if we haven't already shot our crypt load, then uh, you'll probably be hearing about the Crypt Keeper yeah. and his antics. Either that or something with Billy Zane. Yeah, Billy Zane does rule. Maybe we watch The Phantom, a true horror film. I'm in. I, I know. I feel attacked. <laughs> it was. <laughs> so yeah. Crystal skulls. Crystal skull. Billy Zane. Yep. Coming at you. Yeah. 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 I also want to mention uh, if you have Shutter right now, since. I guess my reviews go, usually go a little bit longer than this. I did watch a fun movie today. I wouldn't say it was good, but it was fun. And if you have Shudder, it's free. Check out a movie called Haunt. I think they had some pretty interesting ideas. Although, the main survivor girl in it, there is a part where you're like, are you a fucking idiot? Because hmm. she's in this escape room part, and 
she's trying to read things that are literally just written backwards, and she needs to use a pocket mirror to do that. You can't just read something backwards, apparently. Hmm. Like a normal fucking person. Yeah. Anyway, it's on Shutter, and you should check it out, and it's fun. Cool. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. You're welcome, Dick Fetty. All right, so should we open up the disco box? Yeah, let's uh, open it on up. So, I have gone full tilt on Nile. Oh, have you? Yeah. No way. I haven't bought... Did we listen to Nile while we were driving around the other night? Oh, yeah. I haven't bought a flat brim yet, but I am going to see them in a couple weeks, so who knows what could happen. I plan to get an extra, extra large Nile shirt so that... It'll be like a dress. Yeah. So and I you're, feel like a pharaoh. And you're asking me what's with my fucking hand signals and shit. And you're, you're going to go I just thought you were all on a... And that's what... They're I'll not ever, slam. They're close. No, they're not. They're nothing like slam. They're technical death metal. Mm-hmm. Totally different. Mm-hmm. Totally different, bro. Yeah. They sell fitteds. They're probably slam. I don't think they sell fitted, so... They should be good. They probably have trucker hats, but... That's, Nile. That's that's Slam's cousin right there at the trucker hat. Uh, anyway, so I mean, I already told the whole ten minute story about overdosing, getting my first Nile CD, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You did drugs. Yeah, and Ew. as I promised in the last episode, I had a funny story that related to Annihilation of the Wicked, which is the album I'm going to recommend tonight. I can't remember what that story was though, so I like I've listened. I edited the episode. I listened to it after I posted it. I was like, "What was I talking about?" I don't remember what I was trying to remember. the The best I can come up with was that prior to owning the album, MTV. No, it wasn't even MTV. So I already hate this. If you had Comcast back in the day, digital cable, you had. Excuse me. Somebody was revving their Honda Civic outside. So, if you had Comcast back in the day, or the equivalent, I would think, in probably other areas of the United States, you got these music channels at mm-hmm. the back end of the channels. And one of them was a heavy metal channel. And while peer-to-peer file sharing was happening, it was pre-YouTube, and pre-YouTube certainly on TVs. I mean, YouTube literally didn't exist. So, like, finding out about new music was still somewhat challenging and did occasionally require buying stuff, because this was... Probably in the Kazaa days at this point. I think SoulSeek was happening, but it wasn't as helpful as it is now, and you were still likely to get viruses if you're trying Everyone's to... computer's got AIDS! Yeah, so, you know, we all had videos like Babysitter Caught by Parents, but then it would be retitled to, like, Aqua Teen Hunger Force Episode Dash That One, and things like that, or whatever. And then also Russian Hacksaws. But, anyways, there was this heavy metal channel and I was with my uh, friend who was also there during my overdose and we had smoked a bunch of weed and we came came back inside and parents house in this high school whatever and we put on the metal channel and lashed to the slave stick which is like the lead single which is I guess one of the most famous Nile songs along with Unas Slayer the Gods it's certainly like their flagship catchy fast song comes on and you know, we knew in their Dark and Shrines, I had that album already. We knew some death metal, but we were still young bucks and not fully hazed in the world of extreme metal. And I just remember sitting there super stoned with him thinking like, whoa, bro, 
like this is so fast like oh my god like it's like and it's just like the song sounds like you know somebody being lashed like to like they're like stuck on like i'm imagining like a maypole and they're tied to it and then they're just getting whipped and they're like trying to run around in a circle while somebody's like whipping them i'm imagining when the story's gonna pay off please continue no that's it that's the story so then and then and then the song is over and we're like whoa and then i got the album after it came out so i fucking hate you (laughs) that's the best i got you're no longer dick fetty you're blue ball fetty thank you you just blue balled all of the listeners for a week. They're like, oh my god, I can't wait. That last time he told a funny story about him almost fucking dying for because be- he was like a degenerate drug addict. Yeah. I can't wait for the second story. Like I know. two weeks from now. And then they're going to look in their fucking iPod news feed and it's going to be like, oh my god, the new BDMFT. We finally get to hear that story. Well, here we are, guys. Nobody's laughing. Here we are. <laughs> So yeah, I'm sorry to all my fans. You can throw out your jerseys now. <laughs> I blew it. And, you know, I just want to thank Jesus for getting me here. The devil for bringing, keeping me here. If you if you need to get to into contact with Dick Fetty, I will be posting his actual cell phone number on the Facebook page for this discretion. Duh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, to give you more reasons to hate me, I'm going to the next album I'm going to pick is an album by Zaster, who is hated. So, And then there's like a whole story about how I got into Zaster, which isn't funny, but just will like provide more fuel for the fire. But I, I, I want to wrap this up by saying Annihilation of the Wicked is totally fucking sick. As far as technical death metal albums go that are like from the post-95 period... I think that many would consider it the sort of best technical death metal album. It that, is a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it, it straddles the line between technicality and like somewhat progressive songwriting with still like catchiness and speed and brutal-ish production, although it's very clean by necro-black metal standards or even like 90s death metal standards, but not nearly as refined as their later stuff. Uh, I would play Lash for the Slave Stick, but just go check that out on YouTube or Spotify or whatever. But I am going to play a part of Uzermat Ray, which is a song about uh, Ramses basically facing his ancestors who are like, you've not done anything rad. And he's like, but I did so much rad shit. And they're like, nah, dog, it ain't rad enough. And then he's like, oh, bummer. King Ramses. Yeah, so... Remember that Curse of the Dog episode? No. No? But... This this track is like nine and a half minutes long, I think, or eleven minutes, whatever. It's it's. We're gonna play nine and a half minutes of the eleven minute track. No, I'm only here go- on Motel Hell. I'm only gonna play like the last two minutes of the solo, like which ends the song, which is it's kind of silly to skip right to it, but it is like the money shot portion. But I want to say that, I mean, this album, it, I really enjoy in their dark and trans. This is definitely my preference though when it comes to Nile this is the whole reason why I'm back on this whole Nile kick and also listening to newer Nile albums it's unexpected the other thing that I'll say is really cool is that Carl Sanders is a pretty good lyricist and on basically all of his albums he writes all the lyrics but then he also writes like a full page explanation of what the song is about and it comes from somebody who's like really interested in mythology, Egypt, and H.P. Lovecraft. So a bunch of his songs mix Lovecraft and Egypt together. I like both of those things. Right. So it's like, you know, we want to pretend like we're way cooler than Nile because they're like a popular death metal band, but they're actually pretty rad. And I'm super stoked to see them in a couple weeks. So 
This is the last portion of Uzermat Ray. Check this shit out. It's not rad. No, it's fucking rad. It's it's like it's they have the slow doomy riff on top of the faster but still slow and like essentially psychedelic uh, Trey Azagoth influenced guitar solo that just fucking rips. And it's about Egypt. Yeah, and it, and and the lyrics are like he's just like thou hast done nothing, you know, and it's just I mean whatever it's corny, but at the same time it's totally sick because it's. Egyptian mythology is like Greek mythology, but way cooler because everyone's got fucking animal heads. Yeah, and also pyramids, and it's in the sand, yeah. so nobody's even having a good good time because nobody's having a good time. <laughs> yes. Mummies. Yeah, dude, mummies. Big, big, big if mummy. Big if mummy. So mummy. <laughs> it's actually appropriate that it's almost Halloween and we're covering mummies. Yeah. Yeah, we're keeping it creepy here over at BDMFT. Yeah, if by creepy you mean sexy, because mummy's just a girl who's already covered in bed sheets. You know what I'm saying? Fuck. Yeah. I don't know if that's it's entirely so couple, true. That spunk. Don't even need to go get her towel afterwards. <laughs> yeah, call her the spunky <laughs> mummy. Woo! Yeah, that's pretty tight. I I mean I listened to that song and I I understand why. I had talked about feedbacker back in the summer when I was covering all the psychedelic rock, which is like 45 minute guitar solo. And, you know, uh, music critics hate him, but that's, like, this is the kind of shit that got me into that kind of shit. I mean, it's totally, the aims are different in many ways, and, like, the general palette, like, or not palette, but, like, the general setup, you know, this is technical death metal, that's psychedelic rock, but, I mean, they basically both feature these huge sky-scorching guitar solos that are totally sick and if it's a 45 minute guitar solo is that really a guitar solo or is that just a guy playing guitar at that point it, no it's a guitar solo because it always gets better okay. it keeps getting like you've never dropped acid and then taken mushrooms and then done ecstasy and been naked next to a girl listening to feedbacker so maybe get all my level well when i was doing that much drugs no one wanted to be next to me let alone naked next to me but yes <laughs> Minus, you know, the whole but no. companionship part. Yeah. So please continue. 
So that's Nile, Annihilation of the Wicked. I mean, sometimes when I'm not doing deep cut recommendations, I feel like, do people really need to hear this? But at the same time, I mean, yes. try not to live so seriously, not in a Joker reference kind of way, but just in the sense of don't feel like everything has to be like true, cold, you know, black metal ist Krieg kind of thing. We we can enjoy bands like is that our, Is that our fan basis? I don't know. Probably. It's a bunch of like pimply faced nerds, I would assume. Oh, why are you going to attack the crowd? <laughs> a bunch of really strong men I know, I know. Who, who love doing poppers and have muscles and not beer guts. We're going to see what happens when I eventually go on my 20 minute rant about how Rob Zombie's a shitty director. And all of his movies are diversive of other movies. Are we doing that tonight? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Derisive, you mean? Yeah. 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 That's what I said, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Motel Hell. Charlie, we need to have an intervention to <laughs> goddamn illiteracy. So, okay, I'm going to briefly... It's... Apologize for the dog. Briefly set up... So Zaster, for those who know him, American, suicidal, black metal, depressive black metal, atmospheric black metal, you pick your descriptor. Black metal. Those, Yeah, those are all things that are just black metal, so I've never understood, but at the same time, if you look in my iTunes, it is listed as depressive black metal, so yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you've got genres that are like ball-tickling torture metal. Uh, I wish I did. Synth, pop, drip, drop. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually uh, pretty sick. So, uh, Zaster did, do a hop, hop. did a bunch of albums for Morbund and some on Battle Command and related. Basically, was a, a, a relatively rapid rising star in the U.S. black metal scene when the U.S. didn't have a black metal scene outside of Krieg and Judas Iscariot, who were wrapping up their shows. Well, actually, Krieg was kind of in and out, but... Anyways, that's like let's not even go talk about Creek. But Zaster got big partially because he became affiliated with Southern Lord and then was asked to perform on Sun's sort of kind of breakout album Black One, which in which he was on two songs. One was Call of the Winter Demon, and that was a cover of Immortal Song from Blizzard uh Battles in the North rather. And then their third album. And then he also did the last song on the album called Bathory Elizabeth or Elizabeth Bathory or whatever. And it's like this 16-minute nightmare where he was in a coffin and they put the microphones in the coffin. So he did like vocals from a coffin inside a hearse, inside a garage or whatever. Don't cut yourself on that edge, bro. Yeah, I know. It sounds absurd, <laughs> but... And it is. But they also sound amazing and... He is, you know, derivative of Burzum largely, but once you get past, especially if you're a U.S. black metal fan, then you probably already like Zaster because he's one of the few people we can say has some legit talent. And if you're European, then you probably already hate him and I'm not going to change your mind or you like him and you lie about it to your friends. But I think, again, we're at a place where we can now look back with a... Uh, the lens of history and reevaluate his body of work and say, this was a forward thinking dude who definitely brought us a lot of horrible shoegaze black metal bands by like doing his ultra fuzzed out long uh, songs that are less about riffs and more about atmosphere. 
but at the same time, like his thing was really good, and he had a like highly consistent run of albums, all of which were slightly overly long, but at the same time, for the style of music, it almost doesn't matter. And I want to recommend Telepathic with the Deceased, which is his fifth or arguably sixth, somewhere in there, depending on how you look at uh, his discography and which things are EPs versus albums. But fifth, sixth album that came out in 2004 on Morbid Records. And it was the first Aster I got. It, it was different than what I expected, but also better than... I was immediately led to believe and I came to it through his associations with sun. And I don't, I don't know if I had heard black one when I heard telepathic with the deceased, I feel like that album was coming out and then they talked about him doing these coffin vocals. And I was like, I got to check this dude out. And then I was like, this is sick. And this is a CD I bought at tower records, much like annihilation of the wicked was much like in their darkened shrines was stolen from there. <laughs> and I bought this album and the first time I listened to it, I went like that night, we bought a bunch of records. I was back at my buddy's house, the same one from all these other stories. I lay down on his couch. I took 24 triple C and then had my first listen to like this hardcore DXM trip. And it's perfect music for that. The one thing that's really nice about Zaster is that his edges are generally pretty fuzzed out. So it's the kind of music that's not, abrasive music is too much on triple C. Like if it's like the sound qualities of it, like you can't really listen to harsh noise. Tim Hecker works cause his stuff is like softened. Whereas more jagged types of like ambient or dark ambient, too spooky, too scary, too harsh on your ears. Your ears are like weirdly sensitive. Uh, Deathwell Omega's early stuff, too harsh later stuff. Even though the song structures are all dissonance works surprisingly well. Fossite Maledictum is like a really good triple C album. But anyway, don't take triple C, kids. Yeah, it'll fucking kill you, so don't do it. But if you do do it, then fucking do it to this shit. Anyways, his later albums rule, and I like them kind of better in some ways, but this is where it started for me, and I'm going to play a track from it. I mean, if you know Zaster, whatever, but if you don't, it's drum, it's a one man band. So it's really clumsy drum machines that are basically like, they're not mortician level blasting, but they're either just mostly constantly going really quick or really clumsy fills and shit. A bunch of like clumsy in and out guitars, like 
just come in abruptly or come out abruptly. Yeah, it's not quite like that, but it's, they just, it, it's just everything is clumsy. I've seen in interviews with the guy, he's got... He's a little socially awkward. Yeah, to put it nicely. And, you know, he lives in some house and... <laughs> what? He is. <laughs> Try to, to save it. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't be saved. Put down your fucking shovel, bro. Yeah, so it's funny. He does like a, he turns Aster into like a folk project now. And he records with his girlfriend and this other dude. The, the music's actually really, like, gorgeous and cool, but the lyrics are pretty cringe-inducing. But they're also, like, really earnest, so it works, especially in a live setting. I've seen him live once with the project like this, and it was really good. I met him when he was touring with Sun for the Black One tour, and my friends did um, a couple lines in this bathroom, and then they walked, like went to go upstairs and smoke a cigarette, and he was there. Yes. And they thought he was, like, a super fan. Yep. And, uh, you know... Anyways, they shared a cigarette with him, and then they came out, and he came on stage, and they were like, were, oh, we just, like, smoked a cigarette mad about it, weren't you? Yeah, I was super pissed. I was also, like, fucked up on some some rum and Sprite remix, if memory serves me. But anyway, yeah, so I've met him a couple times. He's, like, perfectly, you know, nice, whatever. But anyways. The old knuckle shuffle. Yeah, telepathic with the deceased. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, all the songs are long as fuck. The, the, the. The track titles are like a mouthful, slaughtered useless beings in a nihilistic dream. Abysmal depths are flooded. May your void become as deep as my hate. With an exclamation point. Yeah, a walk with beyond utter blackness. Murdered echoes of the mind. But I unironically like this shit. I always have. Like, I've never stopped enjoying Zaster from day one. I mean, it's all about, like, killing yourself and being dead. And, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, those can be very, um attractive things yeah i mean it's it's like just emo for bigger awkward nerds but yeah yeah metalheads are definitely more emo or well more nerdy than seeing kids yeah 100 percent. so yeah my god metalheads are just angry nerds yeah I, yeah wow yeah yeah especially well anyway the real ones at least <laughs> Not only to listen to fucking hate breed. Only the nineties kids know. <laughs> only real metalheads remember. No, well if you like hate breed, then you like uh don't like hate breed. You you like lifting weights and driving muscle cars, I guess. No, it's trucks. Trucks. Lifteds. Probably have a stars and bars somewhere on it. Oh. Okay. And then this last one's a quickie. Konami Kukeha Club. Konami Club. Konami Club. So this is their fun music time club. They do the music. You play the games. And this is for Akumo... No, was it? Akumajo, Dracula, Best Rondo. music collection. Oh, I can't... I, I don't have the full name here. And it was the Rondo Blood soundtrack. Yeah. So Mondo did a reissue a couple years ago of it. It's fucking sick. It's, do you guys remember when Konami made good things? Yeah. So it's the Rondo of Blood uh, soundtrack on one... Uh, LP and then the Dracula X, which was the Sega Genesis. No, that was the Super NES port of Rondo of Blood. There you go. Which was originally for the um, Max CD Max, the fucking the whatever like weirdo Japanese system. And then they finally released it. Well, they first had it on the Virtual Wii system, I think it was, and then they released it with Symphony of the Night last year. Which I got a PS4 and then I got that and immediately played it and was like, this is the tits. 
and the music is fucking awesome. It's you know, it's it's that old school sixteen. It's Castlevania, man. Yeah, it's chiptunes, and the, it's got some of the most famous versions of these songs though in any of the old Castlevania games. Bloody Tears being one of the big ones. Fuck yeah. And so I'm gonna play Bloody Tears because it fucking rules. And the reason I picked this album is, much like Nile has been my driving music, this is also my driving music. This is my triumphant, like, having a good time. Who Do you know who wrote the music for this? Well, it's Konami Club, but then it's some specific chick whose name is Michiru Yamane. She, I think, was the composer for this. She was the composer for tons of Castlevania music. Yeah, so this is, uh, she was the composer on Symphony of the Night, which I also have the vinyl reissue of. But this is like, I mean, you know, there's a lot of good and bad things you can say about Mondo and then their later merger with Death Waltz. Their stuff is really expensive, but when... Occasionally worth it. Yeah, when you like the artwork, because they do tons of artwork that I think that's your re-release artwork. But the artwork for this is fucking awesome. All the Castlevania soundtrack artwork is really, really good. And the LPs sound clean. They come from digital masters. So, like, you're not getting that quote-unquote analog warmth or whatever. But, I mean, these were this was always computer music. It's a fucking chiptune. So, I, I expect it to sound like chiptune. Um, but the they look good. They sound good. They're, they were not cheap, but totally fucking worth it. And I'm going to play Bloody Tears because it fucking rules. And if you have a Japanese car and like to drive fast at night... This is a pretty good tune for that. So, Rondo of Blood was for the PC Engine dog, which was a console, not a PC. But, I mean, it is a PC, because they're all computers. Yeah. But. This soundtrack slaps hard. It's up there with some of my favorites. It's right up there with Koji Kondo's Ocarina of Time soundtrack. Mm. Like, this just slaps. I mean, the thing about 18, 16, and, and to a lesser extent, 32-bit era music, like, pre basically anything that was pre-CD... They had 
there were so many restrictions that they had to like make very memorable melodies to make a tune kill and then with minimal elements make it kill for a short period of time and then be able to seamlessly loop in such a way that you wouldn't mind hearing it for five to ten minutes at a time so most of these soundtracks fucking rule because it's just hot fire for like three minutes at a time just bam 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 right in your fucking mouth hole they were also able to do these like little tricks that no one knew you could do with the systems to change the music it definitely went into i know symphony of the night had i can't remember what she did with that but i know there was like something very specific and weird she did to make it work in it but man yeah so (laughs) this soundtrack fucking rules and there's a song called slash i just described as doing coke on a boat and it's very (laughs) much that it Coke on a boat! Dude, it, it's like all of... We were talking about Deadly Premonitions last time. This fucking lounge music that they come up with in... It's in, like, Super Monkey Ball when you play the pool mini games. Yeah, yeah. It's in, like, the casino levels of Sonic the Hedgehog games. It's in, like, Mario at the weirdest times. It's this Japanese take on, like, fucking, like, sexy piano lounge music that Slash, shows up. like, steel drums. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, maybe some marimbas, but without sounding tropical. Yeah. It always just sounds like fucking and cigars and cognac and a fucking glass. And you're just Bad like, decisions. Yeah, but, like, sick decisions. And you're in, like, a silk fucking coat, like, or some shit. Like, no, just a fucking robe. Yeah, just, like, or, Hard like, dick hanging out through the flaps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or, or velveteen suits. You know what I'm talking about? Like... Dracula fucks at a nightclub like that's the film like that's this music and anyways this soundtrack is a bunch of like that little bits of it and I'm gonna play this one called Ghost Ship Painting real quick it's just you get getting too far on this this shit talk about slaps dude it's like a fucking like goddamn baboon's red bottom like I'm talking slap yeah <laughs> talk about like the names of these songs rule are just illusion illusion 
Illusionary dance music. Illusionary dance music. Wild dance and fat phantasmic hell. Mary Samba. March of the Saint. That one's less good, but uh, like bonds of brave men. Blood relations of heaven and earth. Arduous journey. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. What? I mean, it just cross it, on the breast. Yeah, big if true. So the thing about Rondo of Blood is that it's arguably the best of the pre-symphony of the night Castlevanias. It's like the ultimate distillation of the first three games because it's not as expansive as three. It's not as like wildly expansive and out of nowhere as two, but it's also not as reductive as number one. And it's has less mechanics than super Castlevania, but is, but is still like truer to those original games. And but it, and it's also partially because it's so wildly unattainable for so long, so it's got like this extra cult a- a- aspect to it. But it has branching paths. It has a second character. It's got women to rescue. A ton of anime shit thrown in it, which like completely changed the whole direction of Castlevania with all this anime shit. And then it looks incredible. I argue to say, and it's partially because there's less for them to do, but it looks better than Symphony of the Night because it's way more compact. It's like the classic thing of just, it's like a good 10 minute grindcore album where at 10 minutes you can just have it be nothing but solid gold and then mm-hmm, feel mm-hmm. fulfilled. Yeah. And this, this is that game. It, it's got me on like 98% cause I can't beat this one fucking like last thing. It's driving me nuts. It's been it's like a fucking hard year. game. Yeah. It's, it's brutally hard, but once you get the rhythm, than Symphony of the Night. Oh, by far. And it's, but it's not as hard as Castlevania one. And it's not as hard as super Castlevania. Yeah, probably not. But, so anyway, those this this is this is one for the drive. It's really short, unfortunately. It's Pirate like Castlevania, minutes. so you don't have to pay Konami. I guess, but I mean, if you want them to continue to reissue excellent games, they won't though. Probably not. But anyway, it is available for PlayStation with Symphony of the Night. So if they're just you... gonna make pachinko machines. I mean, I never played Castlevania games until I played this one and Symphony of the Night back to back a year ago. Yeah. and I'm thirty, I kept telling you. almost thirty-two. No, that's years not old. true because you played the one for DS. Oh yeah, but that one was like not. It was as far from Castlevania as Castlevania can it's go. It's okay as far as the newer ones go. No, I know, but I mean, it was also it's the it's the 3D one, and it's like. It was just it was just very different, you yeah. know. So anyway, so that's my disco box recommendations. Slash also a Best Buy, am I right? Yeah, no, that is that's your right. Fucking Symphony of the Night, Rondo of Blood. Rock tits. Yes. So you guys got like a super episode of BDMFT this week. Yeah. And we were gonna only make this twenty minutes long, but here yeah. we are. Here we are. Um killing it. Probably gonna have a little hiatus. Uh I'll tell you what. The next 20 people who rate and review us on iTunes, since I am having a part of my organs removed, we will randomly pick one of those 20 new reviews. And I I asked a lawyer, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It is my biomaterial. I'm allowed to keep it. Mm-hmm. So whoever we pick out of a hat, we're going we're gonna to pick your names and we're going to say it on the air. We're going to send you a piece of my organs. And you yeah. can do whatever you want with it. You can keep it in a jar and be like, look, I have a human organ. Or you can, you know, use my DNA to frame me for a crime. I don't care. Yeah, we don't. So rate and review us on iTunes. Yeah. Shout us a like on Buttfuck. I mean, Facebook. <laughs> face butt. Butt face. Coffee. Buy us coffee. 
All right, uh, but I think that's that's it. Yeah, that's all, all right. we got. All right, later, nerds. Later.